Welcome to Bridge City Church. We are here to lead people in a deeper relationship with Jesus and to grow the church locally, nationally and internationally. We pray you are blessed by this message. Good morning everyone and Happy New Year to you all. Um, for those of you that don't know me, I'm Carolyn, part of the team here at Bridge City Church. And um, wow, it's the greatest honour to be in the house of God today um, to celebrate this new year. Pastor Robin is on leave at the moment and she sends her love and prayers for all of you here in the house and online and um, she wishes everyone a very happy new year. It's great to see the Pierce family back with us. <laughs> so good to see you guys and um, yeah, the visitors with us as well. We just welcome you. New Year's Day, the first day of 2023 and here we are in the house of God. Here we are together as a family, worshipping our Lord and Saviour Jesus. What a privilege and an honour it is. While preparing this message and thinking about the coming year, I began thinking about the things that we as Australians say we want at the beginning of a new year. Many people have New Year's resolutions. So I did a Google search for the top 10 New Year's resolutions from 2022 for Australians. <laughs> Here it is. Number one, lose weight. 51% of people wanted to lose weight. 42% of people wanted to save more money. 38% wanted to eat better. 20% wanted to travel more. 13% wanted to sleep more. 11% wanted to work less and have a better work-life balance. 8% wanted to volunteer somewhere. 5% wanted to quit smoking and 4% wanted to quit drinking. When we look at these resolutions, understandably they are mostly inward looking because people are thinking, what do I want to do for myself in the coming year? Makes sense. I wonder what kind of different list we could come up with if we tried to make 10 New Year's resolutions that were focusing only on the benefit of others rather than ourselves. As we look at the way our society is heading with increasing focus on self, there is an increase of crime rates, drug addiction, mental illness, greed and vanity. There is also an increase of fear and more and more Australians suffering financial hardship with rising costs of food, rent, utilities and the list goes on. People are so busy just trying to make ends meet, they haven't got time to think of anyone but themselves. It is actually tough out there. People are self-absorbed and things continue to become worse. We as Christians can observe all of this and I feel it is, and, and we can feel it is too hard to make any real difference because we see how things keep getting harder and keep getting worse. We can be so discouraged that we just want to give up trying to do anything about it and just do the best we can in our lives. But when we think about Jesus about his teaching and the truth of his word, we know the Bible has an answer. We're not helpless. There is something we can do. And we are guaranteed, if we do it, that we can make an enormous difference in this society that we live in. Let's see what Jesus says, reading from Matthew 5, 38 to 48. You have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. 
If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbour and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the privilege and honour it is to come into your house on this first day of a brand new year to worship you together as the family of God. I pray that as I bring the word you have given me, that your Holy Spirit would speak to each of us as individuals, that we, that we would hear your voice for the things you are asking us to do and know that as we listen to what you tell us and do as you have asked, we can absolutely make a positive difference in this world. We love you, Lord, and we ask these things in the precious and holy name of Jesus, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. Today's scripture is taken from Matthew 5. It is part of the Sermon on the Mount, which you can find in Matthew chapters 5, 6 and 7. These are incredibly powerful chapters in teaching us how to live as Christians. Jesus was teaching the people how to reflect God's love to others in the difficult circumstances they were in at the time. Jesus was addressing the need for people to be truly transformed as opposed to just keeping a set of laws. I can imagine that his teaching would have unsettled many people listening. The crowds present that day included his disciples and followers, but also people who were just curious and others who were simply there to criticise him. It is a powerful passage of scripture and is still just as relevant to us today as it was to them. Jesus spoke against hypocrisy, indifference, hate and retaliation. Teaching instead that people should be genuinely transformed to live holy lives full of love, compassion, respect and justice. It speaks to the problems we have in the culture we're living in today. Verse 38 and 39, you have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. So the law in the Old Testament context it was first given was a command to punish a crime, but it was also a limitation on that punishment a protection from punishing over and above what the crime deserved. For example, you wouldn't hang somebody that stole a loaf of bread. That type of thing. God is a God of justice. The authority to punish was vested in the judges and the government, not with individuals. It was not about personal revenge. Romans 12, 19 to 20 says, Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge, I will pay them back, says the Lord. 
Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Retaliation is what the world expects. It's what people generally expect. Turning the other cheek requires help from God. Responding to hatred with love and ignoring personal insults display the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit and may even give us the chance to share the gospel. Verse 39, But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. Now these days we generally in our society don't go around slapping each other on the cheek. But Paul Penley explains... So back then, Roman soldiers tended to be right-handed. When they struck an equal with a fist, it came from the right and made contact with the left side of the face. When they struck an inferior person, they swung with the back of their right hand, making contact with the right cheek. In a Mediterranean culture that made clear distinctions between classes, Roman soldiers backhanded their subjects to make a point. Jews were second class. The slap Jesus was referring to here was a slap with the back of the hand, which in ancient Israelite society was considered the greatest insult. Let's think about how we would feel in our modern day society if someone looked us in the face and just gave us a verbal download, verbally attacked us in a way that made us feel completely indignant and demoralised, an uncalled for you know, verbal vomit, so to speak. Everything in us would want to fight back. That's what rises up, isn't it? If someone's giving you something what you do, what, that you don't deserve, you want to fight back. To defend ourselves against an unhideous, unfounded attack. A, a hideous, unfounded attack, sorry. And yet Jesus tells us to resist the evil person and turn the other cheek. So what that means for us is just simply don't retaliate. Don't defend yourself. <laughs> just walk away. Jesus himself was the perfect example of turning the other cheek. Remember when he was being crucified, people were calling out, hurling insults at them, at him, sorry. He did not retaliate. Instead, he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. If we're shocked or offended by what someone has said to us about us or what they have done to us, Jesus says, don't be. Don't return the insult, turn the other cheek. I was quite surprised when I, um, when I started seeking God about what to preach about for this New Year's Day. It's, New Year's Day is a significant day and I feel the weight of responsibility. And so I, I asked him for a scripture or a word or a topic or something and, and I just began mulling over possibilities in my head. And then the words came very clear, turn the other cheek. And I thought, wow, <laughs> okay, Lord, what do you want to do with this? Um, so I hope that as I speak that, you know, for each one of us, um, God will show us the way he wants us to do that. Jesus was not saying we need to put up with abuse and that crimes do not need to be punished. Jesus is a God of justice and he asks us to defend those who can't defend themselves. Turning the other cheek is not about, it is about not defending our own personal rights and honour. We do not retaliate, instead we act in love. 
verse 40 and 40 to 42. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. The Israelites were under Roman rule and at any time a Roman citizen or leader could demand a person to carry his things to wherever he was going. Jesus is saying that we are not to stand up for our own rights and we also go the extra mile for people with a good attitude and a joyful spirit. If someone asks us to do something, do more than they ask and do it joyfully. That's what he's saying. At times that is inconvenient, but Jesus asks us to choose that inconvenience. From verse 43 to 48. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. So, if there are people who loathe or detest us, who speak against us and our faith, those who threaten or insult us, who persecute us or spread evil, slanderous lies about us, Jesus is asking us to love them. That's tough, isn't it? Love them. Not ignore them, but to love them. In the world we live in, if someone was to act that way towards another, it would be expected at the very least that we would defend ourselves. No one would think anything about that. They would expect it. Give them a serve back. Not let them get away with treating us like that. But Jesus says the opposite. We are to love them. It's a tough teaching, but the upside-down kingdom of God is not for the faint-hearted. It is... When we obey the commands of Jesus and put his words into action, we see incredible miracles as we step out, out of the way, and let the Holy Spirit do his work in people's lives. It is how we show we are true children of God. So uh, some years ago now, quite a few years ago, I had, uh, this is just a little example of this, and it's to glorify God, not myself in any way because it's only through him that this happened as it did but anyway I had a work colleague who took a um, a very um, deep dislike to me that actually felt more like a hatred of me Uh, we hadn't had any um, altercation or any incident between us or anything like that Um, and as I reflect back on it now I think it's probably more a reflection of some difficult stuff that she was traveling through and I was just the one at the time but anyway um so nothing against her in any way shape or form but she took an active dislike she was not traveling well and so she went about um doing everything she could to make life difficult for me um and speaking uh about her hatred of me to others and so forth and this disturbed me because i i quite like getting on well with people (laughs) I love people generally and I want to get on well with people. It's my personality. Um, So it felt very, very hurtful and I was struggling with this 
and just wanting to get on well with her but knowing there was actually nothing I could do in this situation. So I went to God in prayer and uh, I sought, I said, Lord, what do I do? What do I do about this? And I just felt him say, pray for her. Pray for her to be blessed. Like not your relationship with her, just pray for blessings for her. So I began to pray um, according to Matthew 5 and um, just prayed that God will bless her in every single area of her life, in her finances, in her relationships, in her work, in her home life, in her leisure and all that type of thing. And when I came across her, I would just treat her like um, I would anyone else with kindness and respect um, even when it wasn't reciprocated. And because God had given me this assurance that this was, you know, that there's nothing more I could do personally to resolve anything between us, just pray, I was okay with that. Anyway, a year to two years later, I could see some changes start to happen and I could see some incredible blessings in her life. God answered that prayer. Not only did he answer the prayer to bless her in in her own private life, but he restored our relationship too, which was absolutely incredible. Not through anything that I did apart from just pray and know that God had this. So to God be the glory for that. And it just... um, It's an example of when being persecuted, how God can move and change the situation if we just give it to him. If a person doesn't know Jesus, they can see our reflection of him in how we treat them, how we love them and be his hands and feet on this earth. Our reflection of Jesus is the closest thing to Jesus that most people will ever get to see. If you think about how many of us are out in amongst society, like how many Christians, how many people who really love God are mixing around with people that don't even know him. Like we are the ones that are going to shine his light. When you have time, I encourage you to read the Sermon on the Mount in its entirety. Matthews chapter 5, 6 and 7. Summing up what Jesus is asking us to do and how to treat others in simple terms is dying to self. It's about choosing God's way, not our way. It's about living our lives wanting to please God above all else, putting our faith into action, doing what he tells us because he knows best. He knows what people need and how we can be a true reflection of Jesus. This Sermon on the Mount is not a set of laws to bog people down. We live under God's grace. The Sermon on the Mount is a way of living, shining the light of Jesus in all that we say and do. And we can't live this way in our own strength. It's impossible. But asking God's help to do what he asks of us is always a prayer he will answer. He never says no to that prayer. In pushing aside the self, we make room for the Holy Spirit to move and bring the miracles we want so desperately that we want to see in other people's lives. It's an invitation from Jesus to do as he asks and it's our choice to obey the Holy Spirit will help us in this. 2 Corinthians 3, 16 to 18 says, But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him, as we are changed into his glorious image. I began this message with the average top 10 New Year's resolutions of Australians. I now want to suggest another list of 10 for us as the children, as family of God. 
to keep in mind during 2023. Number one, don't hit back. Number two, serve others. Number three, give generously. Four, love your enemies. Five, pray for those who persecute you. Six, be humble. Seven, prefer others to yourself. Eight, go out of the way to help others. Nine, be a peacemaker. And ten, be a reflection of Jesus. If we as children of God do these things in our workplaces, in our homes, out shopping, while we are driving and being mindful of them wherever we go, we'll make a radical difference in our society, even in the lives of our enemies. It's hard to stay angry with someone who gives back genuine love in, in response to anger and aggression. Dawn Wilson says, Jesus encouraged his followers to go the extra mile in loving enemies and praying for persecutors. Selfless love shows grace to people who do not deserve it, remembering that everyone, including us, sins. Prayer calms us so we can hear God's direction. Determining to bless rather than curse those who mistreat us is one of the ways to show the power of Christ in the world. And Pastor Robin often reminds us to think about how we can become part of God's solution. Jesus said, whoever wants to become the greatest should become as a servant. So as a New Year's resolution and in keeping that attitude of humility, how can we reflect God's heart and love in all that we do? Not what's in it for me, but what can I do for others? Choose insults. Choose injustice, choose inconvenience, turn the other cheek, then watch and see what the Lord will do. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your powerful teaching and direction in how to live our lives being a reflection of Jesus. It's not easy to be loving and kind when we're being treated harshly or being taken advantage of. But we know that as soon as we ask for your strength to do what you have asked of us, your Holy Spirit leads, guides and directs us in helping us to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this broken world. We thank you, Lord, that as we read your word, we can look towards the example you gave in the way you lived your life selflessly, loving and caring for people. For anyone here who doesn't yet know Jesus as their Lord and Saviour but wants to, we pray together with them now. Lord Jesus, I confess I have sinned against you by living life my own way without paying attention to how you are wanting me to live. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. I ask you now to be Lord of my life, Jesus, and to lead and guide me to live a life pleasing to you as I live in relationship with you from this day forward. We thank you, Lord, for your loving kindness towards us. We thank you for your word as the guidebook for our lives. And we thank you for the gift of your precious son, Jesus, who gave up his life, taking our sin to the cross with him so that we can live freely in relationship with you. We pray that on this first day of a brand new year, you will help us remember to turn the other cheek. We pray this in the precious name of Jesus, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. 
And now we say goodbye to our online church. Have a happy new year in 2023. Thank you for joining with us today. If you would like to find out more, you can get in touch with us on our website at bridgecitychurch.com.au. See you next time.